Welcome to Supply Chain Now, the voice of global supply chain. Supply Chain Now focuses on the best in the business for our worldwide audience, the people, the technologies, the best practices, and today's critical issues, the challenges and opportunities. Stay tuned to hear from those making global business happen right here on Supply Chain Now. Hey, good morning. Scott Luton and Allison Giddens here with you on Supply Chain Now. Welcome to today's live stream. Allison, how are we doing? I'm good. Outside of the pollen, I'm good. Oh, tell me about it, man. I, my sinuses, uh, no more room for any more pollen. And and, and we're just now getting started, I right? No, it hasn't even started. I, <laughs> or it has started, but it hasn't started. It's not yellow outside yet. Well, uh, you know, do you know the biggest offenders, the biggest producers of pollen from what I've heard? Trees. Yes, pine trees. Did you know that? Yeah, and only because I researched it because I was spreading. (laughs) (laughs) A botanist. We're going to add that to your long uh, list of things that you're experts on. But hey, all of that aside, Allison, today it's the Supply Chain Buzz. We come to you every Monday at 12 noon Eastern time where we share some of the leading stories across global business. And today, Allison, we've got a special guest joining us around 12.25 p.m. Eastern time as Ron Jordan with UPS is going to be joining us. We're going to be talking about a variety of things, but including five megatrends that are impacting global supply chain today. So buckle up and get ready, get ready because we want to hear from you as well. Uh, everyone in the cheap seats. Um, Allison, I trust that you had a good weekend. I did. I did. Got lots of things done. The weather was absolutely beautiful. So yeah, getting it done. Getting it done. But Outs- yeah, I'm looking forward to hearing from Ron because not only is he a trip, but uh, he's got he's got some good gems to share and I'm sure he'll give us a hard time about our lack of geography. (laughs) You know, he joined us for a webinar um, a few months back, along with the great folks at Crocs and and a couple of the companies. And uh, we got a lot of feedback on Ron, not just his knowledge, but his sense of humor. And I think think folks are going to enjoy his appearance here today. So, uh, we're going to say hello to a few folks in just a minute, but let's uh, let's knock out a quick program note really quick. How, how about that, Allison? Let's do it. Let's talk about the 2022 Supply Chain and Procurement Awards. Nominations are open. Now, nominations have been coming in. We've, we've got a ton of folks that are currently nominated from a UPS company named Rody. Very innovative. Uh, love how they're eliminating or they're making miles more efficient and eliminating empty miles. Source day, era technology. And then something caught my eye last, I think last week or so it came in. Uh, our Unsung Hero Award. Uh, one of the nominees there is Rose Martin from Wintech. Allison, tell us about Rose. It is. One of the nominations is. So Rose is our quality uh, control manager. She's been with us for, oh gosh, I don't remember how many years at this point. feels like she's been here forever, which is a good thing. Um, she's a rock star. She she came to us uh, initially um, responding to an admin okay. position that we had available. And long story short, I had just interviewed somebody that I intended to offer the position to. And I already had Rose lined up as an interview right after this young woman. And so I thought, well, I'm still going to, you know, do do Rose a favor or, or do us a favor and Rose right. and, and hear her out, right? <laughs> so she came in, she sat down and she talked about her experience in manufacturing out up in upstate New York. And I thought, wait, wait a minute, wait a second. So you have manufacturing experience and you want to be on this side of the wall? And she was like, well, that's the job position that was open. And I said, I will make a position for you. And we went and talked to Dennis, who was the owner of the company at the time. And um, we pleaded our case. Well, I pleaded the case of, look, we really need a quality coordinator to, to get that department really to where it needed to be. Right, and right. And within within weeks, she had that place turned around, organized. I mean, the kind of thing where you could say to her, hey, do you have the piece of paper from, you know, 2007 with a such and such at the top header? She goes, oh, yeah, I know exactly where that is. It's stand into this point. I mean, she's, she's a rock star. but she, I love it. Yeah, it's, it's exciting. She She's definitely an unsung hero for sure. Well, it sounds like she made a big she's made a big impact over the years and that you know that's what we want to lift up and celebrate. So folks, nominations are open through April 1st. You can go to supplychainprocurementawards.com to learn more. We've got eight or nine different categories including unsung hero award and good news is the nomination fees is about 200 bucks to nominate. All that gets donated to our nonprofit friends Hope for Justice which are leading the fight 
across the globe to eliminate modern slavery and human trafficking. So all for a great cause. So learn more supplychainbecriminalawards.com. And I hear Rose has got a great shot, Allison. So we're, we're going to keep our fingers crossed. Yes. Um, okay. Uh, let's say hello to a few folks. And then we've got some late-breaking uh, news story on you, which we're going to celebrate in just a minute. But first... Max Gomez is back. Max is down in Mexico. He's tuned in via LinkedIn. Great to have you back as always, Max. Love your contributions. We've got Anjana. Uh, is tuned in via LinkedIn from India. Hello, Anjana. I hope this finds you well. Gene Pledger from NA, uh, not LA, but Northern Alabama. Uh, and now Allison, um, Gene is a big Bama fan, I believe. Oh, is that sorry. okay? <laughs> <laughs> no, that's okay. That's all right. There's, there's a, the SEC. I mean, you know, there's something that we all share. I know. I'm sorry, Clemson fan. I'm sorry. There, well, there's like 28 teams now in SEC. That's true. You, you might as well just. Up a very good point. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, but well, by the way, I don't know if I've seen you since the game. Congrats to your Bulldogs. What an incredible season. And Gene, I know that that uh, uh, comes at a cost to your impressive Bama. Uh, teams uh, that you've had over the years, but gosh, your trophy case has got to be full. Right. But Gene, great to have you here. Tom Raftery is with us here today. Tom, hope this finds you well. Love all the things you're up to, including uh, I think you've got a couple podcasts under your belt now. And um, Tom is extremely um, intelligent and passionate around uh, climate change and sustainability, and and uh, really practical leadership around how can we make make more progress uh, across the globe. So Tom, great to have you here. Hope you're doing well. Always love the hat. So thanks for popping in. David is tuned in. David, I think we got connected on Insta over the weekend. I'm still figuring out how to use that. Uh, I'm behind the, behind the times there, Allison. Just get one of your kids to help. <laughs> Seriously. But David, hope this finds you well. Great to have you here. Uh, Haley is tuned in from South Africa. Haley, uh, via LinkedIn. Great to see you here, Haley. Looking forward to hearing your perspective, and Tom's up to three, three podcasts. Tom, goodness gracious, uh, taking over the digital content world. But hey, really enjoy it. And the best content comes from the folks that are very passionate about what they're creating, right? So a lot of good stuff there. Finally, Jeremy is from Wisconsin. First time live listener. Love this. Spotify pre-recorded episodes are a daily routine. Jeremy, making our day here. That's uh, cool. Tell us where in Wisconsin. I was just talking, Allison, to uh, Jenny um, uh, Plotz. Plot, I'm going to get her last name wrong. Jenny, wonderful uh, supply chain thought leader. She's based up in Madison, Wisconsin. Ever been to Madison, Allison? I have. I have. We went up there for a women in manufacturing event. And uh, yeah, it's beautiful up there, especially the time of year we went was well, the fall. It was gorgeous. Really? Okay. We're, we're considering making a trip up there in September for a great supply chain. Well, great business conference they're hosting at the University of Wisconsin there in Madison. So, Jenny, if you're listening, it great to catch up last week, and we will talk more soon. Okay. So, one last call out here. Can't get everybody to know, but Jose does a great live stream. I think it's weekly, Logistics and Coffee. Jose, hope this finds you well. I know you were at TPM. Uh, doing some big stuff. We're going to talk to Ron. Uh, so one of the things we're going to be talking to him today about is some of his key takeaways there. So great to see you there, Jose. And Jeremy is in Madison. Small world, Jeremy. Great to see you. Okay, so let's um, let's talk about uh, some interesting recognition. Some interesting, doesn't do it. Remarkable recognition, Allison, that hit my radar over the weekend. Now, the Manufacturing Institute has these awards called the STEP Awards, where they bestow this recognition uh, to the movers and shakers, folks that are really doing big things to, to uh, make manufacturing industry and perhaps beyond a better place. Allison, you were part of the latest class for these STEP Awards. How cool is that? It was. It was it really, uh, it was, I was flattered to have been nominated and then be a part of hundred nominees and 30 what they call emerging leaders. Um, it's really cool. They, they even sent us a, a PDF of almost like a mini biography of, of everybody. And I, I'm halfway through and I'm like, this is so cool to be among these women. But yeah, they, they recognize women in science, technology, engineering, production, um, all who exemplify leadership at their companies. And it's really cool to see some, you know, big, big aerospace and automotive companies, supply chain, everything in between. And 
Um, it was very cool to see someone from uh, the Johnson and Johnson vaccine initiative too. Oh, that's awesome. So it's like, Oh, that's, that's really neat how it all kind of ties together. Talk about the noble mission. Uh, They, they certainly big parts of that. Well, congrats, Allison. You know, we've seen, you you know, we've been friends a long time. Uh, I've seen you in action. You know, we, 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 we like to talk about deeds, not words around here. You epitomize that. And I'm just, I'm so tickled. Uh, who knows? Maybe we try to make the trip up there with I you, but, but congratulations. I and I'm, I bet, I know we've got some upcoming shows. We'll have to grab some of those other recognizees, if that's the right Ooh, word. That's a good idea. Yeah. Yeah. And I get we'll to meet, the conversation. Like, I'll try to meet all hundred uh, in April. We've got, <laughs> uh, they bring us all up to DC for the event. And it's a, a day and a half or so of, of uh, leadership discussions and breakout groups and stuff. So I'm really excited because on that list, I don't know anyone right now so <laughs> this, is, this is really cool that it's 100 fresh fresh contacts that's awesome well congratulations anna that shares that as well very impressive and uh, big thanks to anna and amanda and Chantel and Catherine, kind of behind the scenes helping to make production happen today uh annie's tuned in from seattle speed trans llc is a ups carrier hey annie welcome to the conversation catalina tuned in from bogota uh, via linkedin great to see you uh, T squared always, he holds down the fort for us on YouTube. He says, he, bring the heat and the nourishment to match the winds and warmth while it lasts. He's like a little bit poetic today. T squared. Love it. Way with um, <laughs> all right. So, um, well, congrats again. We'll look forward to all the pictures and video that comes out from that. Let's tackle before Ron joins us here in about 15 minutes. Let's tackle some of the leading stories across global supply chain and global business today. How's that sound, Allison? Let's do it. All right. So let me bring up this here. So uh, via the Maritime Executive, so near the Azores, Felicity Ace sank, I think on March 1st, with 4,000 cars aboard that were all with the Volkswagen Group. Now, Allison, you might have seen the news. It caught fire about two weeks ago and was being towed to shore. Um, Included in the loss, get this, that's now resting on the bottom of the Atlantic Ocean, over 1,000 Porsches and 189 Bentleys. Oh, my God. That is an estimated. So uh, with all those vehicles, they estimated it to be about $400 million in losses. How about that, Allison? Oh, my gosh. You know, the first thing I thought of when I heard this story was, and this is going to sound really bad, was how has this only happened this once? I mean, I'm sure in, in smaller capacities and smaller smaller things we probably don't hear about, but right. is it because there were a thousand Porsches and 189 Bentleys that we heard about it? Or, <laughs> I, I mean, I, not that I think barges are catching on fire daily, but um, I, I don't know. That was the first thing that I thought was, and in hindsight, maybe it's more prevalent. Well, I think this, I think uh, 2021, I believe, was a record year. We'll see if Amanda and the team can maybe uh, Google that in terms of of uh, cargo or container losses. And of course we had, I can't remember the name of, of the container ship that it was, but just off Georgia's coast, I think it was full of Kias. Oh, that's um, right. Capsized. That's right. If you remember that probably uh, six, eight months ago, but regardless, um, I haven't heard in about any injuries and that's, that's a good thing. Uh, if it's just automobiles, we'll all, you know, we'll all manage. Um, and Tom says some of his Porsches and Bentleys were caught up in that. We'll see. We'll see about that, Tom. Um, all right. So moving from there, I want to ask you a quick question, Allison. Do you happen to know where the Azores are located? No, no, I, okay. no, I don't. Do I get to phone a friend? <laughs> well, you're in good company. I bet a lot of folks, I didn't know where the Azores were located uh, until I flew in to Lodges Field back when I was in the Air Force uh, 20 years ago. And they're located you see this highly technical Google map that we carved out here uh, off the coast of Portugal. There in the, I'd call it the northeastern Atlantic. Um, and in fact, it's been, Lodge's Field has been uh, a strategic airfield that the U.S. and its allies have used all, going all the way back to World War II. Um, they use that as a base against Germany and especially against the U-boat threat. So, uh you never know when a history lesson pops up and a geography lesson, huh, Allison? Now, if I get that question right on Jeopardy, <laughs> I'll call you. So you I, call I, I visited the Canary Islands, which is not far from there. Very cool. Um, back in high school, I went with a Spanish class and it was a lot of fun. Really? 
Yeah. We're, we're going to have to do a, a show about that. I bet you got some stories that you just can't share. Right. And name names. Most of them. <laughs> right. Uh, hey, Alex, I'm with you. I hope the Felicity Ace had lots and lots of marine insurance. I bet that's been a um, an interesting industry um, in recent years. Uh, let's see here. Yeah, Tom, that's right. Some nice, new, and expensive reefs for the fishies. Uh, Bill, outstanding leadership. Bill, I hope this finds you well uh, down in Savannah. Allison, I think you know Bill. Oh, yeah, I know Bill. Hey, Bill. Doing some big things down there in Savannah, which is an outstanding he's, he's supply he's chain logistics something. hub. Uh, Annie said it's going to be some salvage divers going after. I, I bet you're right. I, I wonder, um, even if, and I, I know nothing about restoration of automobiles, but even if, you know, they cannot, um, you know, bring the, the cars up and rework them, all the components, uh, I bet, uh, are well worth the efforts. So we'll see. Yeah. I, okay. I'm imagining the CD players don't work anymore. <laughs> they still have CD, I guess I do have I CD know, players and cars these days. I don't know. Yeah, I know. <laughs> so let's let's move from talking about Porsches and Bentleys, which I'll probably never own one of those. Let's talk about workforce because the labor market has been uh, extremely challenging uh, in the recent years. So get this, Allison. According to the AP, Target is going to be paying employees up to $24 per hour in certain markets like New York. Uh, in fact, they're using a 15 to $24 per hour range and applying that to not only its retail hires, right? The folks that you see in the stores, but also its hires in the distribution and fulfillment centers. Target CEO Brian Carnell said, quote, the market has changed. We want to continue to have an industry leading position. I would call that industry leading. Allison, your quick reaction. My quick reaction as a business owner, I, I cringe because those, these kind of uh, seemingly endless pockets of bigger corporations that can afford to do this, it's tough to compete with as a small mm. business. I mean, you know, if I'm someone on a shop floor who's in my early stages of of uh, learning to be a CNC machinist, for example, if I'm getting paid 22 or $23 an hour and I'm six months into the career and I see this, um, you know, there, there are decisions you have to make for, for immediate especially when there's a bonus involved because some of these right. things have signing bonuses. And when, you know, if you're a, if you're a young adult and you see the carrot being dangled of, you know, $1,500 signing bonus and an extra dollar an hour, you know, is it career development long-term? Is it good for career or is it in the short term going to help you get some cash as gas prices, you know, increase to five and six and $7 a gallon. It, mm. It's a, it's a tough balance. And, I think um, you know there are no winners per se in any of this, but uh, the people that are certainly not winners are the small businesses that have a have a limited limited number of resources we can we can tap into to, to compete it's, with that. So the labor market is just going to get tougher yep. and tougher for many. Uh, let's see here, and John makes a good point. Automation would become an alternate solution in today's scenario. I think that's certainly the labor market challenges is one of the big drivers for for. Uh, how we're seeing automation uh, further uh, um, uh, immerse itself across the industry. But as we've talked about before, uh, Allison, that opens the doors up uh, for members of the workforce as well. Um, it doesn't have to be either or in many right. cases. Well, and the automation um, thing is a tough one because as a small business, automation takes investment. And if a small or medium-sized business has already not, has not yet made those investments because it just hasn't been a priority for whatever reason, um, you know, cost it costs money to buy robots. So yes, it does. Yes, it does. Um, and Jenna, great point there, Jose. Things have changed, indeed. Absolutely, change continues. I think it just the pace just picks up uh, by the day. It feels sometimes. Uh, Majesty, I think I've got that right. Uh, if I got it wrong, let us know. Uh, it's, it's important to get first names right. Uh, not everything can be automated. Excellent point. You know, we were, we talk. Just about every week uh, about that, you know, the, the workforce across global business, across global supply chain still make things happen. And we saw that by the truckload uh, here, here in recent years with the challenges of the pandemic. So everything cannot be automated for sure. Okay. Um, so, Allison, moving from the workforce to we're going to be talking specifically about manufa the manufacturing industry. So let's bring this back up um, via the Wall Street Journal. Uh, manufacturing activity in February showed expansion once again. 
The Institute for Supply Management released its monthly index and report for February last week. It showed increase in production. A similar index from IHS Market showed manufacturing expansion in the U.S. in February as well. So two two big indicators there. Um, but I think what is still uh, many analysts and economists and, and supply chain leaders are uncertain about is how the Russian invasion of Ukraine is going to play into um, broader economy, uh, certainly supply chain disruption and more. So on that note, uh, Allison, well, let, let me get your quick response to those in, uh, those manufacturing um, indices. You know, being a, a manufacturer and a leader of a uh, Atlanta area manufacturing operation, what's your quick take there? Quick take in general is yeah, there's there's a lot of fogginess for sure. Um, I'm I'm watching as um, I think you saw my over the new over the news this weekend uh, that Poland was going to be uh, looking at giving Ukraine a few fighter jets, and then the U.S. was going to try to figure out how to help Poland backfill those. So in the aerospace manufacturing industry, my brain goes to okay, so how does that work, and how does that affect current orders? within the U.S. government that are already in line or in queue, um, you know, d- does this get in front of it? Is there just, are, do we light a fire under under, uh, under the urgency of the existing orders? And oh, by the way, back to the workforce shortage, who's going to be making these parts? So I think that there's a lot of um, the, the constraint here, the bottleneck is the workforce. And we can, we could talk all day about, you know, fuel, fuel charges and and how we're going to start seeing if we've not already seen increased supply and and um, material pricing but ultimately i think the real constraint here is the bodies is the resources excellent point uh excellent point um so one other thing i want to put out the folks we don't have links just yet but this coming friday we're gonna have a very special uh, uh ukraine focused live stream we've got Kora koze from gartner joining us that's uh, they've been compiling and conducting research uh, in recent days to figure out what the impact on global supply chains. He's going to share some of those findings. We've got a couple of humanitarian mission leaders. Uh, we want to get, we want to amplify what they're doing. So join us this Friday right here at 12 noon Eastern time to uh, learn a lot more. A um, couple of quick comments, and then we're going to bring in our, our uh, featured guests here today. Let's see here. Um, David says, I think some of that increase in terms of the manufacturing expansion would be due to companies trying to bring their production back to local. There is certainly is some reshoring. It's a great point, David. Uh, Tom says 90% of industrial grade comes from Ukraine. It's a vital component in the manufacture of semiconductors. Uh, Neon, he says. Uh, so thank you. I, I was I was I was with you, Tom. I was trying to think of what that <laughs> what that uh, material was. Industrial grade neon, which who'd have thunk? That goes into semiconductors as if that industry needed any more disruption. Right. Same with palladium. And, palladium, I think, is <laughs> comes from uh, Russia, and that's a well, at least a portion of it, significant portion of it. So, same. I boat. think. Yes, I think you're right, uh, Sue Ellen. Great to see you here via LinkedIn from Brazil. We look forward to your perspective here today. So, a lot to lot to track. Um, it goes without said. It goes without being said. You know, we all hear are wishing that diplomacy and talks and um, cooler heads will prevail and we, we can uh, put an end to the aggression and all the suffering that it's causing. So hopefully hopefully we see some breakthroughs there in the, uh, the uh, days ahead. Okay, so Allison, I, I, we talked about shooting through those news stories quickly. I think we did it. I think so. I think so. Everybody, <laughs> that'll be a quiz. So everybody get out your pen and paper. <laughs> That is right. Well, hey, folks, stay tuned. We're about to bring on our special guest. We're going to be talking about uh, some of his takeaways on what's going on in Ukraine and the impact. We're going to be talking about TPM 2022 key takeaways, five mega trends that we're seeing take shape across the globe and more. And so with that said, Allison, let's bring in Mr. Ron Jordan, Vice President of Sales with UPS Global Freight Forwarding. Hey, Ron, good afternoon. How are you doing, sir? I'm well. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me, Scott. You bet. Well, you know, your ears may have been burning. We were talking about you a little while ago about the webinar you joined us for. And we we continue getting feedback around that what that panel shared. So great to have you back. Glad to be back. So um, let's 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 level set a bit first, right? Some folks may have missed that uh, and, and some other things you do, other interviews you've been on. So 
tell us what you and your team does there at UPS. Yeah, I'm, well, thanks. I'm responsible for global freight forwarding sales. Uh, that's air freight, ocean freight, brokerage, any North American air freight, um, and uh, customs brokerage. And uh, we're part of the supply chain solutions unit at UPS. So everything that's uh, outside of small package movement is in our group. Mm. So you're basically telling me that you hadn't gotten much sleep these last uh, two or three years, huh? S- since March 2020, there has been no sleep, no weekends. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much been our life. <laughs> well, all right. So uh, let me ask you one more quick follow-up question before we get into more serious matters. Did Allison pass the geography quiz? Did you well, see that? She passed it. She first said she didn't know where the Azores were. <laughs> uh, we had a call earlier just for the folks out there. She's never been to Maine. We we're trying to get her on the, uh, you know, everything north of Washington, D.C. to these folks on the phone is the Northeast. So we're all, as New Englander, we're all wrapped up in the same same group or category of people. But Allison, before I forget, congratulations on the STEP Award. Thank you. Uh, well done. Really nice to be uh, sharing a panel with you. Thanks. I appreciate it. I'm excited about today. Absolutely. Absolutely. So with that said, it's important to note, Ron uh, spent 10 years in the Atlanta area. So we can talk We can talk a little bit of everything today from supply chain to the ATL, you name it. But Ron, uh, what we want to talk with you first about, we were just talking about the Ukraine invasion. Uh, we've been tracking it here by the hour, sometimes by the minute it feels. I know you have too. So let's start there. I want to use this article uh, from CNN kind of as a backdrop where they're suggesting that uh, Russia Ukraine crisis has replaced COVID at top of the list in terms of disruption to global supply chain. Um, What's your take here? Yeah, absolutely. First and foremost, our our thoughts and prayers are with our our folks, the UPS employees in the country, as well as everybody that's in harm's way. This is not anything that, uh, that anybody wants to deal with and i hope that this can be resolved diplomatically uh and if not let's let's get this taken care of uh mm. quickly mm. but uh, thoughts and prayers are with those people that are there i heard you guys talking earlier about that but this is uh, you know companies are suspending business in in russia uh you heard tom's comments about the uh the neon and the uh, palladium in the world both ukraine and, and russia are the two big suppliers of those that's going to have an impact on the uh, uh on the chip industry and just you know off the the fuel uh, mm. uh impact because now you've got no fly zone over russian airspace that's going to increase the cost and last week 25 percent uh the fuel prices have forced air cargo rates up in general 25 percent on, wow. on a global basis so it's not just the the region in those two countries it's having a global impact and this is as you mentioned this is replacing the pandemic now geopolitical war and the economic impact of what's going on there is really going to be the the next crisis for the uh, logistics and supply chain industry. Yeah, I hear that. Uh, and Allison, we'll get your take uh, in just a second. But if there's any good news, it has been uh, to see how what's taking place in Ukraine has pulled the world, most of the world, with a few glaring notable exceptions together, and then to see industry take action uh, as, it, as it relates to their activities um, in Russia and beyond. Um, and hopefully that pressure will allow um, you know, diplomacy to take action. So we'll see. But Allison, going back to, you know, disruption for global supply chain impact um, for business, any any comments there? There's been a lot of parallels, I think, between the Ukrainian crisis and COVID. It is all about uncertainty. It's about, okay, we're about to enter into something that we haven't seen in recent times that overlap with um, everything going on. So between between the resiliency factor, and I know we'll talk more about that, but it's the uncertainties, I think, that really trip companies up and that trip anybody up. Um, the rising prices in fuel and gas are really what I know we have our eye on from a piece of that supply chain. And as I as I looked at that CNN article, I thought, you know, if only we had known, or if only if, if we had the, the protocol to work from home, oh, wait a minute. So it's kind of like as as crummy as the COVID situation was and as mm. absolutely awful 
because this is, it's interesting to see us take the, some of the things that we've learned to do and to be able to apply them to today's crises. Excellent point there. Excellent point. I'm going to share a couple of comments from uh, our skyboxes, but Ron, do you want to uh, respond to what Allison shared there about, you know, taking the things we learned over the last couple of years and, and, and helping use those to navigate through what we're seeing now? Yeah, and that is w one of the, the global megatrends we're seeing resiliency, right? And that's to, uh, to be able to adapt to the situation. Uh, and I, you know, Yossi uh, Sheffi, he was a professor at MIT. It's in the Northeast for those of you who are not familiar <laughs> with that school. But uh, Yossi talked about having, you know, you have a, a fire extinguisher in your house. You're probably never going to have to use it. Right. But you've made that investment and you've you've done that. So there's a contingency plan because at one point somebody had a fire in the house. So you make that and it, it's it's relevant to how you adapt and what you you learn from the the crisis we've just experienced. And we'll talk about ocean and that impact as well. That's but right. the adaptability to make changes and make them quickly that is going to allow you to be successful. And you're you're absolutely right with uh, Allison. The manufacturing environment, this is not just, you know, chips. This is going to be everything. It's going to cross right. everything, phones and, and everything that we consume on a daily basis are, are going to be impacted now with this crisis. Excellent point. Uh, speaking of uh, Yossi that you brought up, I saw him appear on CBS this morning, and I'm not going to get his perspective exactly right, but they were asking about, our limited options as consumers. And he's like, okay, who cares if you can't get that one sneaker in 2000 different colors, it'll be okay. We're going to get through this. You know, it'll be okay. You can get it in 1000 colors. And it really, uh, I enjoyed, um, uh, his frankness and his fresh, uh, breath of fresh air to the conversation. Um, really quick, I'll share a couple of quick comments here. John says, Hey, Allison, you have an open invitation to come Thanks, visit us in John. Maine. Oh, it's a you guys are on my short list. I, I definitely want to go to Maine. Tom loves Maine. He's been there a number of times. Uh, David's rolling out the red carpet for our dear friend, Ron. Tom also talks about how Ukraine and Russia are two of the major suppliers of grain to the world. Yeah. If the war continues, expect huge food inflation and civil unrest in developing countries heavily dependent on Russian and Ukrainian grain. Excellent point. David loves your comment, uh, both y'all's comments about applying those lessons learned during the pandemic. And and Jana, full and electricity, fuel and electricity would again see an increasing uh, path ahead, probably more than it was during the pandemic. Uh, I think, unfortunately, I think you're right, uh, and Jana. Okay, so uh, we'll shift gears, perhaps a bit of a lighter note. Um, so just last week, uh, let's see here. TPM 2022 took place, or as Laura Curtis uh, with Bloomberg put it, the California Confab. I love that. Um, of course, lots of UPSers were there. Uh, Ron, I'd love to get your key takeaways as well as I think you've got some an interesting anecdote or two. Yeah. Yeah, thanks. I've got to be careful, careful with anecdotes that I protect the innocent here. And, uh, you know, but I will, you know, this is the first time in two years that TPM has been live. And it was fantastic to see people out there and have some nice, good face to face conversations. And the theme at TPM 2022 was relationships matter. And that was, I'll tell you what, there, you know, conference names, and this is our theme, this absolutely spot on with their, uh, their assessment of what this was all about. And my, to, in my opinion, TPM has always been about the 20 years that they've been having this conference. It's always been about sports analogies. I'll use them a lot. But it's the yep. how, how you sign the first draft pick in the NFL, right? And that's where you go. And the BCOs, the beneficial cargo owners, go to this conference. They have conversations and negotiate with the uh, major steamship lines. And they agreed a contract. In the NFL, your first draft pick sets a price. And here's you, you're going to get X amount of dollars a year. Every draft pick below that, it drops down a little bit. Right. Similar in a reverse order in the, uh, the steamship line contract negotiations. This year, it would have been the equivalent of, yeah, you're the number one draft pick. We're going to pay you for the first four games of the year. Then we're going to see how you do. And then wow. we're going to come back and we'll renegotiate. It was, there's chaos out there. 
And it's, it's not about price so much. It's about allocations. And it's about repositioning containers that are outside of Asia back into Asia and being able to manage that, that process. But it was, uh, it was a bit of an eye-opener. And it was really, in, again, really enjoyable. Some of the breakout sessions, uh, the, the sessions themselves at the conference were fantastic. Uh, but there is confusion out there. And there's, the chaos continues. Agreed. All right. So I want to pick up on something you touched on there, that uncertainty that Allison mentioned earlier. You know, uh, and what a great analogy, by the way, Ron. I'm going to completely steal that from you, just so you know. Uh, rather than, you know, locking up that contract for the full season, which is the traditional way, you know, I'm going to pay a star, you know, star quarterback for the first four games and kind of see from there. That's a great analogy. Allison, that uncertainty. Uh, what did you hear there from Ron? It really makes it difficult for a lot of folks in the supply chain to plan accordingly because if we see all of these like mini decisions having to be made rather than one longer term position when it comes to quoting at least in my environment i have government con customers asking for us to lock in quotes for 90 days 120 days a year um you know what do i know what things are going to look like next month and so there there's a lot of because of the uncertainties um, there's still pieces in, there's still links in the supply chain that are being required to to put something in stone. And that's that's going right. to be tough. All right. So before we get to more of your key takeaways and perhaps a nameless anecdote or, or two, Ron, I want to share a, a quick exchange from the, uh, the sky boxes here. So Sheldon says, hey, Tom Raftery, not just developing countries' grains are raw material inputs for many processed foods. All countries will be affected. Tom says, indeed, Sheldon, as an Irish guy, I'm acutely aware of grain's role in beers, uh, beer production. And then Sheldon responds, Tom Raftery, as a Jamaican, it's not lost on me with, with red stripes. So <laughs> I love the conversations within, within the conversations, Sheldon and Tom. I love that. Um, okay, so Ron, relationships matter. And I love, I love how that really meant something as, as a theme at TPM. And really, with you saying that, it makes sense from the conversations I've had, some of the things I've seen on social as an output from TPM. You could see um, our dear friend here. Um, I'm having a, a mind moment here uh, with logistics with coffee. Jose, Jose here. Uh, he was sharing some images of reconnecting with people that uh, he hadn't been able to sit down and break bread with in a long time. And so it really illustrates your point, Ron, that relationships do matter, and it's great to be able to get back in person and have these conversations. What else took out, stood out to you from uh, TPM 2022? Yeah, the, uh, this one, I will use a name because John Motley, who's the CEO of LogNet, was quoted in Bloomberg. So I'm, I'm And I want to get this right. That's I've got it right in front of me. But he generally gives a, every year, 20 years, he's given out an award for uh for his global supply chain platform right. the annual e-commerce excellence award they announced him in the tuesday morning session he came out stood on stage and said unfortunately we felt the carrier community lost focus on the customer through the pandemic we will not be awarding anyone this year <laughs> and walked off the stage <laughs> so john i just you know i i, I get it and I, I, you're quoted in Bloomberg, so I'm not, you know, <laughs> anybody can read this, but it was really telling. And it was, there was shock. There was silence throughout the, the room for a minute. And then a few people started clapping, but just tells you how, how strained we were and how strained relationships have been. Because what, what do people want? We want some right. predictability, Dallas, and to your point, right? You've got to sign a government contract. Those go on for an extended period. You've got to have your rate. You can't change it. I, I understand how those are written. But it's uh, there's got to be some flexibility as well, and there's got to be some adaptability. But if, if we can't do the fundamentals, tell me when my goods are on in the container. Tell me when they're on the vessel. Tell me when they're off the vessel. Tell me when they're going to be delivered. Those four milestone events, if we can't do that, we're in trouble. And that's mm. uh, that's a real challenge. And it's not, this is not throwing darts at the steamship lines. Right. This is the ecosystem of our logistics community. We're all in this together, the rail, the trucks, the uh, the steamship lines, the NVOs, the BCOs, the, uh, the manufacturing plants. We're all in this together, and we've got to address that in uh, order to see that ourselves through this. 
Excellent point, Ron. Excellent point. Uh, Allison, uh, whether it's something that Ron shared there, I, I love it, that, that message that he, he, he concluded with there. Cause I wholeheartedly agree competition and all we're still all in it together. What's your take, Allison? I no, I think you hit the nail on the head, Ron, because recently I, well, up until recently, uh, I give our customers a weekly update on when they can expect to see their parts. And I have found that because of some unpredictable things that are happening out of our control in a few, in a few steps prior to us shipping, I am kind of at a loss. I'm, I feel like I'm lying to them because I'm giving them a date that I'm not even really sure about. And mm. so I just recently, uh, I think last week or the week before, I started telling them, here's where your parts are now. Here's what I think is going to happen. But I can't give you a firm date until a couple other things come together. And I've found that people have been a little more receptive to that than I anticipated. I just got tired of lying. You know, I... I <laughs> Educated. Well, it's it's educated yeah, guesses know, that you were sharing, still. Allison. <laughs> um, Ron, you're nodding your head as Allison was sharing that. Uh, you could probably relate. Any any commentary there? Yeah, the, absolutely. And I think there were more air freight discussions at this year's TPM than ever. And I'm talking big box retailers. It have traditionally been the $100,000 TEU contract signers having the conversation with us about air freight, chartering aircraft. How can I get this lift? Because supply chains are changing. Okay. And that by that, I mean, you can't move everything like it's the same commodity and put right. it on a vessel and know that 30 days, China to the West Coast, you're going to get it there. It, it's all over the board. So there are different things being done. And when when the big box, big box guys are having conversations about air freight, the rules are out the window. To your point, Allison, if you need time definite, I can put it in the air at X amount of dollars a kilo unit cost. You've got to figure that out. But with the, the price of, of 40 foot containers coming into the U.S. West Coast now, I mean, you're you're almost not that far off. So right. it's balancing the portfolio. And I think Mary McNelly from Crocs, she was with us, Scott, on the last time we were together. Yeah, uh, she was. She's in almost every article that we're talking about TPM. She That's was right. very, very present. Rock and yeah, roll star. And she, she had some good, good stuff to talk about. And it's, you know, include your management team in making decisions. Make sure everybody's on board. BCOs got to bring in NVOs as well as the the carriers. You right. got to look at air freight as well as you know how you're moving it, transload it when it gets to the U.S. West Coast, rather than just putting it on a railhead and getting that full container. How do we get away from IPI points, inland points, and get the containers back to the steamship lines so they can get it back into the rotation quicker? Mm. All of those things come into play. So I, I think that that is really the changes that we're starting to see. Yep. Looking at air freight, et cetera. And I'll give you one more, Scott. Sorry. Yeah. The uh, rail from China to Europe was a viable option. It was a lot less congested. We could move things there, and then we could either move it across on the Atlantic, transatlantic to the U.S., or consume it in Europe. Right. And Or we could fly it from Europe, right? So people are looking at that depending on leading up to Christmas, toy companies moving it, uh, China to Europe and the rail, and then flying it over to the U.S. for consumption. A little pricey, but a <laughs> lot more predictable right. than an ocean container coming out of uh, going into the U.S. West Coast. Now, with the, the situation in Russia, that's going to have a, another impact, another ripple. Right. That um, um, haulage is going to be disrupted. So just another nugget I wanted to share with the group. I tell you, um, it's good to have options, but these, those options are that are available continue to evolve themselves. Um, let me share a couple quick comments here. And we're, then we're going to get into the megatrends uh, part of the conversation. Haley makes a great point. The challenge is also the spot market with shipping. We've seen a lot of, uh, of uh, increase and in, in challenge there for sure. Uh, Lamont Hardy, who is our resident project management guru based in San Diego, is tuned in. Lamont, hope that this finds you well this morning. Uh, David, and kind of going back to communication to the customer, David says, I would rather have true, bad, or not great news than to be lied to and find myself holding an empty bag for a customer. At least if I know they're 
maybe a delay I can plan accordingly. Excellent point there. Greg, uh, great to see you back here today, says need to also have a discussion with customers if the date gets moved out because other parts have moved or, or orders have moved out. Uh, lots of moving pieces. Yeah, we've Elias. noticed that too, is that sometimes we're not being as beaten up with customers as we would have any other time because the whole piece, all the pieces of the assembly are behind. So you're right. Right. Sure thing, Greg. Can't, you can't drive a car with two wheels and no steering wheel, right? Right. Uh, even, even if you've got everything else. <laughs> or if it's um, at the bottom of the ocean. <laughs> right. Off the um, horse. Yes, that's right. Which is located just off the coast of Portugal. <laughs> uh, Elias says transparency always comes a long way with our partners. Yeah, I, I, great point. And it kind of uh, uh, is in conjunction with what David was saying earlier. You know, if you got bad news, just tell me because then even, even if I don't like it, then we can we can uh, plan accordingly, as David put it. And Allison, I, I don't believe for a second you, you use the word lying, but you're 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 taking the best information you have and sharing that with your customers. Uh, and you know you're you're not getting enough good information, right? Well, yeah, At but I, yeah, I, I would rather. I, I think to uh, I think to to David's point, I would rather communicate the bad news and uh, what do they say? Over uh, under promise over deliver would be yes. my preference. I'm with you. I'm with you. Okay. So let's get into um, uh, the, these five mega trends that you and the UPS team have been, have been tracking going, not, not just this week, these mega mega trends have been at play for quite some time. So Ron share, let's walk through these at a high level. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Globalization. Number one, we've talked about it, the impact of something happening in Russia and Ukraine and how that reverberates. And, you know, you use examples of uh, Sandmeyer and, uh, you know, John Jansen, how we had to pivot during COVID to go from making T-shirts to making PPE and where he sourced it and what the impact of that was and changing harmonized tariff codes, et cetera. So globalization plays a, a big key, and we're seeing a lot more of that. E-commerce obviously, especially through the pandemic. People, more people ordering things online to be delivered to their residents, and we'll continue to see an uptick on that. Digitalization, I have to slow down on that word because <laughs> being a Yankee, I, I tend to <laughs> run over that. Um, but that's really, it, it's not just about the data and platforms that you're seeing out there with companies. It's how we use the data for through algorithms and analytics, et cetera. So that's playing a huge part in what we're doing. To your point, Allison, I, I, and I, I forgot who was up there just a minute ago, better to get some good information. When there's no information, what do you do, right? So the, using this, uh, the, the digitalization, uh, expanding on that type of information will be helpful. Resilience, resiliency, as I talked about, recover ability to recover quickly from events and then make decisions and make changes and then the last one is sustainability and three years ago at tpm that was uh you know different fuels clean air all right. those things were discussed in in depth this year not so much we're not getting away from it and we plan on ups being by 2050 to be as fuel efficient and in the negative side of that, mm. um, uh, by by that time, we've got a fleet of more electric and alternative fuel vehicles than anyone else on the planet. So we're headed in the right direction. That was a big discussion a few years ago. Not so much now, but that is absolutely is going to be a discussion if we want to keep this planet safe going forward. Excellent. So those are the five, Scott, and uh, most of them, I'm glad we we put that at the end. Because most of them, when we were talking about Ukraine and Russia, when we're talking about TPM and what's happening there, they, uh, they're all relevant. And that's our, our focus going into the rest of 2022. Agreed. Agreed. And I'm going to come to you, Allison. I'd love for you to pick one in just a moment to dial in on. But let's uh, really quick, Anna. Hey, I appreciate that. Excellent discussion. It's all about setting expectations. That's going to be a big theme of today's live stream for sure. Uh, Annie says, every step in the supply chain has got to have the extreme flexibility of a contortionist at this point in time. Annie, you're right. You're absolutely right. Um, okay. So out of those five, so again, globalization, e-commerce, digitalization, sustainability, and resiliency, or what I like to call anti-fragility, um, Brian, Allison, pick one and 
which which one do you think is having the biggest impact from where you see? From where I see, I think of the five, and this probably comes as no surprise to anyone that knows me, is about resiliency, because I believe that everything kind of falls under that. And businesses are going to be built and fall under resiliency. If you look at the way the most successful businesses ran during COVID, and I think that in a few years when we look back on these first um, few weeks of the Russian-Ukraine crisis, we're going to be able to see all right, which businesses got creative, which ones were able to do things that hadn't been done before. Uh, if you look at in the early days of the pandemic, commercial airlines offered cargo flights. You had hotels offering day rates for work from home employees just to get away from their houses. You had, <laughs> you know, you had restaurants offering parking lot to go meals just for them to swing by and take. So you had all these different, you know, I'm not going to use that P-I-V-O-T word because I, I, it's overdone. Um, but you had all these changes. And I think that the resiliency factor really comes into play. I think we're going to be seeing a lot more of that. Excellent point. Excellent point. We, we've got to, you know, nimble has become an overused word too, but really we got to be able to uh, change direction and in a very practical manner based on market conditions, based on customer needs and expectations and a lot more. Um, all right. So I'm going to give you, Ron, I'm going to give you the last word. We're going to talk about this uh, upcoming event. We've got a few more minutes here with uh, Ron Jordan with UPS and, and my dear friend, Allison Giddens. Um, but give you the last word on these mega trends, whether you respond to what Allison's talking about. I love those examples, especially, Hey, raise your hand. If you could, uh, I didn't know about the day rate. I didn't know I could, I could, uh, leave for a day and leave the dogs and kids behind for a few precious hours of sanity. I didn't know that Allison. It's too late. Sorry. Um, <laughs> Sorry. You guys now. Ron, your last word on these five mega trends. Yeah. Uh, listen, they, they're all, important and it's, it depends on the day of the week you said you know have you slept this it's one's the 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 crisis today it, globalization got to make sure we get then tomorrow resilience so right. I, I think they all interplay with each other and I, I think that if we we focus on those and understand and, and work with our our partners globally we'll be uh we'll be in a good place agreed work with and communicate uh with our partners globally uh which is Big theme of today's conversation. One last note, and we're going to talk about this event y'all got coming up Wednesday, which uh, really appreciate uh, when companies like UPS invest in these events and allow folks to connect. We're going to talk, touch on that in just a second. But first, uh, so Mary with Crocs, uh, Ron, uh, that that uh, Mary McNally, right? Was yeah. it McNally? Yep, McNally with Crocs. Did you know Allison and Ron? Um, I'd, I've had a pair of Crocs, right? Um, but you know, I am not the coolest, most hip individual in the world. All three of my kids will attest to that. Um, Crocs are big. but uh, two, my, my two daughters wear Crocs almost every day to school. Crocs are, are like Air Jordans these days, uh, I guess. So uh, it was really cool to hear her talk about the supply chain behind Crocs on that session. And clearly, as you point out, she was a rock and roll star during TPM 2022. I saw a lot of uh, key takeaways from uh, her discussions there. Okay, so uh, Ron, y'all got a big event coming up on Wednesday. It's the 2022 Supply Chain Virtual Connect. Let's bring this up here. So uh, 9 a.m. to 3 p.m., you got a slew of speakers. Uh, you got networking, um, a lot of content, market intel exchange. What, what are you looking forward to the most? Yeah, besides my session, Scott, Yes. The, uh, you know, that that's what I'm looking for. No, really, it's the uh, the voice of the customer. We've got Bob Murphy from the chief supply chain officer from IBM, Robert Palmer from Emerson. He gave up his drumming career and he's now in logistics at Emerson and uh, Marcos Meirelles from Seagate and uh, three, you know, uh, large companies doing yep. different things. Uh, that's what I. The best part of those events for me are hearing from the customers, as well as you know the uh, the solutions and the the uh, um, networking that is done uh, during the uh, supply chain virtual connect. I have yes. to write that time every time I see it. <laughs> well, you know it's a mouthful, but only it's a mouthful because of all this all the value that it brings to the table. And uh, kidding aside, really, there's a massive cost. And resources used to put on these things, and and I tell you to do all of that and offer it free to the market, so folks can connect and connect in a very meaningful fashion. I got a, a hats off to the UPS team that y'all have done this. This is the third year, and if there's ever a time when it's really needed, 
uh, during you know pandemic and now with with what's going on in Ukraine, uh, folks industry need this. So really appreciate UPS doing it. Folks, it's free to attend. Uh, and I, I was part of it last year. We had a, a blast, a lot of really good information. Uh, we got the link that we dropped in the chat. Uh, we'd love for you all to check that out. And if we could go ahead, Amanda uh, and Catherine and Chantel, if we could drop the link, I think there's a um, an email newsletter or email insights that comes out from the UPS supply chain solutions team. We'll drop that in there as well. Y'all check out the event. You don't want to miss it. Okay. Really quick, our friends at DFM Data Corp are with us here today. They're doing some really big things. I think they're referring to your story about the awards at TPM, uh, Ron. <laughs> what a moment. Uh, Sheldon wants to add a sixth megatrend, uh, revaluing to your list. That's a great point, Sheldon. Excellent point. Jose um, loved Mary McNally's insights during TPM as well. Uh, evidently, she was... Uh, she was quite the rock and roll star. Um, yes, I'm not sure who this is. And uh, Amanda and Catherine, y'all, Chantel, let me know. But Procure for Peace, this is a new initiative um, where um, the company behind it, I think it's Sieve is the company behind it. They're bringing the procurement community together to uh, address uh, what's going on in Ukraine, uh, whether it's humanitarian or different contracts or um, different leverages that can be uh, pulled together. And that was, oh, Korai. Kurai Kose is with us here today. I should have known that. Uh, Kurai, your ears were burning. Uh, we look forward to seeing you Friday, but check out procureforpeace.org. Um, okay, 1256, we're right here at it. We've had a wide-ranging and enjoyable conversation despite the backdrop. Uh, Ron, yeah, Sivo, thank you, Kurai. Sivo is a company behind Procure for Peace. I wish all this was published in Bloomberg, Ron, so I could get all this right uh, like, like you, could, you did a little while ago. Um, so Ron, how, first off, how can folks connect with you? Yeah. The easiest way, Scott, through LinkedIn, I'm out there. I uh, certainly want people to, to reach out. Uh, it, and if you don't have that, if you've got a local UPS contact, you can certainly get in touch with me through them. Wonderful. It's just that easy. And of course you can, uh, like you mentioned, connect with Ron on LinkedIn. I think we've got his LinkedIn profile in the show notes. Um, Allison, twofold question for you as we start to wrap here. Um, first, certainly, how can folks connect with you? But also, what was your favorite thing? One thing, if you had to pick just one thing that Ron shared here today, what is your favorite? And you can tackle that in whatever order you would like. Besides him not giving us enough of a hard time about our geography <laughs> skills, for that I'm grateful. Uh, no, my, my key takeaway uh, has been to expect the unexpected. Uh, expect the best, plan for the worst have a backup plan for the backup plan. I think that's what it boils down to. Excellent point. Uh, excellent point. Um, and, and as simple as that sounds, that's the name of the game, the backup to the backup to the backup to the backup, right? That's the, that's the reality we're all working through. Well, um, you know, I, I love talking about this. You know, we, we talked before Ron joined us, uh, Allison, I can't remember who made it the comment in the, in the sky boxes, but you know, we talked about the workforce, the global workforce that is persevering. You know, for uh, you know, all the typical challenges, then the pandemic, and now war, uh, it's amazing what the people across this industry are do for all of us day in and day out. So I think we all can agree to that. Ron, always a pleasure. Uh, really, I really appreciate uh, your appearances here. What a great follow-up to the webinar. And please, if you uh, talk with Mary McNally uh, with Crocs, send, us, send her our favorite regards. and. Um, and now I'm cool and hip. I know just how cool Crocs are. And Allison, uh, always, <laughs> always a pleasure to do this with you. Congrats on the STEP Awards. Uh, love what the Dave Krejci Foundation is doing. Touch Really quick, touch on that really quick. Uh, Dave Krejci Foundation, helping kids play sports when their families can't afford it outside of Metro Atlanta. So check us out on LinkedIn. Check that out. Uh, gosh, it's amazing the fees that, that are associated with athletics these days, but the incredible uh, critical role that athletics plays, right, in all, all of our journeys. Uh, all right. Big thanks to all of y'all out there. Uh, thanks for tuning in. Thanks for all the great comments. I tell you, it's going to be a, a wonderful week ahead. I, I, I feel that in my bones. We're going to get things situated. We're going to uh, find a diplomatic solution. Uh, but folks, tune in Friday at 12 noon as we dive deeper into 
what that means for global business. Big thanks to Ron Jordan and our friends at UPS. Big thanks to Allison Giddens uh, and all the great work she does at WinTech and Dave Krejci Foundation. Folks, if you do anything, hey, Scott Luton challenging you to do good, give forward, and be the change that's needed. And on that note, we'll see you next time right back here on Supply Chain Now. Thanks, everybody. Thanks for being a part of our Supply Chain Now community. Check out all of our programming at supplychainnow.com and make sure you subscribe to Supply Chain Now anywhere you listen to podcasts. And follow us on Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, and Instagram. See you next time on Supply Chain Now.